Welcome to Her Story Sessions. I'm Brittany, a woman on a mission to learn more about women throughout history and to share it all with you. If you like the show, be sure to follow me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Her Story Session and can be emailed at herstorysessionspodcast at gmail.com. The mistress of Louis XV is probably more well-known than his queen was. She was absolutely more influential in politics and played the part of confidant to the king for many years, even after she was no longer his official mistress. This was the famous Madame de Pompadour. She was not born into nobility. Her mother was Madeleine de Lamotte, who was married to Francois Poisson, but he was not her biological father. It was either the rich financier Jean Paris de Montmartal or tax collector Charles Francois Paul Le Normand de Tournaham. When Francois Poisson left France over a scandal in 1725, Le Normand de Tournaham became her legal guardian. She was born as Jeanne Antoinette Poisson on December 29, 1721, and at five was sent to Ursuline Convent to be educated, but at nine was sent home due to poor health, possibly whooping cough. There's a story around that time that her mother took her to a fortune teller who told her that one day she would win over the heart of a king. From then on, she was groomed to do so. After that, she was nicknamed Reinette, meaning Little Queen. Lenormand de Tournaham had the best tutors of the day teach her at their home, and she learned dancing, drawing, painting, engraving, theater, the arts, and the ability to memorize entire plays. She married Charles Guillaume Le Normand de Etoile, who was her guardian's nephew, when she was 19. They had a son who died in infancy and a daughter, Alexandrine Le Normand de Etoile, nicknamed Fanfan, although she died at age 9. They received the estate at Etoile as a wedding gift, which was situated on the edge of the royal hunting ground of the forest of Senart. This allowed her to get close to King Louis XV's hunting parties on occasion, where she would try to catch his attention, but his current mistress, Madame de Chateroux, warned her off. Then, in 1744, Madame de Chateroux passed away, and the official mistress position was suddenly open. She officially met the king at a masked ball in February 1745. Soon after, she had apartments at Versailles directly above the king's, and her and her husband were officially separated. The king gave her the title Marquis de Pompadour, her own estate, and a coat of arms. In September 1745, she was officially presented at court. She became the official chief mistress until 1751, and then instead was the king's friend and confidant. She used her diplomatic skills to remain a court favorite until her death. She knew better than to make Queen Marie her enemy and always showed her respect and deference, unlike the other mistresses that came before her. Unlike the queen, she was influential in politics, giving the king advice and playing her own part in them. During the Seven Years' War, she advised the king to ally with Austria and was later blamed for the downfalls of the war. She also became responsible for appointing advancements, favors, and dismissals, effectively playing the part of prime minister. Her positions and title were only held because she was in the king's favor. Because she was not noble-born, she was a target for libel from other nobility who thought it disgraceful for the king to associate with a commoner. She had to defend herself against these quite a bit, which she found hurtful. In 1751, Madame de Pompadour stopped being the official mistress of the king and moved to different apartments within the palace. 
This was partly due to health issues as she suffered after effects of whooping cough, had recurring colds and bronchitis, migraines, and had suffered three miscarriages by this point. She became the friend of the king, announcing this new role through the patronage of art. She had a sculpture of herself done, representing amity, meaning friendship, which showed her offering herself to a pendant sculpture of Louis XV. She constructed and later bought a porcelain factory in Savre, which became one of the most famous porcelain factories in Europe. It also offered several skilled jobs to the people in the region. She patronized many sculptors and painters and brought Jacques Guy, a gemstone engraver, to Versailles to have him teach her how to engrave gemstones. She was an amateur printmaker with the help of Beauchard and had engraving equipment in her own personal apartments for both printmaking and gemstone engraving. She also had her own printing press and an extensive book collection. She received more than just the country estate of Pompadour from the king over time. In 1753, the king bought the Elysee Palace in Paris for her to use while staying there. She would live at both Elysee and Versailles after that, splitting her time between the two. The king also built the Petit Trianon on the Versailles garden grounds for her, but she did not live to see the finished building. She loved to renovate, redecorating her and the king's estates. On April 15, 1764, Madame de Pompadour was staying at Versailles when she passed away from tuberculosis at the age of 42. The king was deeply affected by her loss and the end of a 20-year friendship. At her passing, Voltaire wrote, I am very sad at the death of Madame de Pompadour. I was indebted to her and I mourn her out of gratitude. It seems absurd that while an ancient pen pusher, hardly able to walk, should still be alive, a beautiful woman in the midst of a splendid career should die at the age of 42. It rained on the day the hearse took her to Paris and the king remarked, the Marquis will not have good weather for her journey. She was buried at the Convent des Capuchines in Paris. That's all for today, and thank you for attending this Her Story session. <laughs>